0: Hello, all. Welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 293, and today we'll be talking about Thumb War from Mau Mau Heroes of Pure Heart. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, I mean, a doorbat learns the power of trying, and everyone learns the power of bribery. I, I like it
1: when cartoons have <laughs> morals, you know? Mau Mau always ends on a great moral, especially this episode where Badger Clops. Cheated his way all the way along the thumb war through bribery, and I like the setup of the joke too, which is that we only saw his beginning matches where everyone was just mysteriously forfeiting, and it seemed pretty obvious. Okay, Clops is big. Not sure why yeah. everybody is skipping Badgerclop's, but not skipping Big Thumb Pete. But okay, <laughs> uh, and then bringing it back was was good.
0: Yeah, I mean that because that's what I thought when I first saw the episode. It's like they made a point. They were even doing like the heavy footstep sounds to show badger cops is big, and people <laughs> have reason to be scared of him. So it was so brilliant when he's like, "Oh, hey, look, there's a lot of forfeits today." And then <laughs> later
1: on, he's like, "Yeah, I just bribed everybody." It was it was good. Which is such a you know just for the half off breadstick coupon. Which of course, what what a reward from our from our lovely king. I mean, either he wasn't spending very much on bribes
0: that breadstick meal that he's getting half off of is very expensive, or Badgerclop's is not very good with money. It's one of those three.
1: <laughs> I uh, very much believe Badgerclop's to be an uh, opportunistic spender, so I don't think he's very good at holding on to money. Most likely not. I mean, his thumbs haven't been tested. How do we know he can hold on to it? <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. We didn't actually see Badger Klops actual thumb prowess, so... Who knows if that'll ever come back to haunt him, that he didn't practice here. Probably not, although he's really good at the doorbell ringing game, which looks like a game that really should have been published for our quarantine era, because that game just has uh, infinite replayability. You know, just how much faster can you mash a button than someone else? I I want to know why
0: Cartoon Network hasn't put that one on their little arcade thing. I'm sure I would have heard about it if Cartoon Network had put it up there. I mean, they, they published <laughs> Jerry's game from... Rick
1: and Morty of all things. Uh, yes. Or you're just sitting there popping balloons. I love it. Well, okay. The thing about that is if uh your child downloads the, the the Jerry's game, it won't make a really awful doorbell sound constantly. Whereas if you were going to remain true to the show for this doorbell ringing app, I think you'd immediately get a bunch of one-star ratings from parents on the App Store, so maybe they uh cut their losses on it.
0: They just don't understand the subversive genius of what was it, door hangers or something? I can't remember what they called it. Oh, door ringers? Probably. Yeah, something. I do I do like the, you didn't notice that he was wearing gloves? I could see that with my broken thumb.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the idea that uh, th- Big Thumb Pete being so goofy, but also so deeply serious about his one thing in life which is that he's got a big thumb. He's mean. Yeah, he's he's one of the mean sweetie pies. If he is he even a sweetie pie, he's basically a uh is he a a kangaroo or you, what is he?
0: I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he followed the same route that the special men came in through and he's like from out of town cuz I we never see him in any other episode. It's it's not that he was just a joke character made for a single episode. I'm I'm pretty sure that's not the case we have to there's a lore reason for him not being in any other episode definitely
1: um i don't know i don't know definitely is that a sarcastic definitely
0: (laughs) because
1: this definitely has the feel of a one-off character unless we find out the reason why his thumb is so big i did find his um giant it looked like almost a splinter scar on his thumb it at one point made me think, oh, did he like at one point get like a splinter and then his thumb just festered and grew into this giant thumb? Maybe he was stuck with a radioactive splinter. Right. Or maybe it's, you know, kinda like the one of the newer Spongebob really gross episodes. SpongeBob also gets a large thumb from a splinter. Oh, that's such a horrible Ugh. that's one of those horrible Spongebob episodes. Puss everywhere. But uh the other thing is that Scar could have suggested maybe that his thumb grew really suddenly one day. And uh, it caused sort of like a um, stretch mark type scar. Hmm. So those are all very. That's looking very deeply into the very dumb character Big Thumb Pete. Uh, his you know potential reason origin for his powers, his origin story.
0: I like the. I like how they did a full on action sequence for their thumb war. By the oh, way, it my was, gosh, yeah, it was a thing of beauty.
1: Yeah, well, the both of the thumbs. First of all, Adorabat's little uh, initial thumb war. And they have, like, the line stagger on a doorbat's wing, just, like, trembling a ton as she struggles to win. I thought that was, like, a really nice touch to, like, show just how much it was struggling. But then they really, obviously, took the cake with Mau Mau's battle with Big Thumb Pete because it was essentially, like, a Dragon Ball Z battle, but just with thumbs. And, you know, even with a Super Saiyan moment, but also with a very Mau Mau fourth wall break where... Big Thumb Pete's <laughs> thumb breaks through the, like, black barriers on the screen when he, like, goes, when he goes super abs. When he saying. gets, like, what
0: what was that, like, an eight-pack? I didn't count.
1: <laughs> but I don't think there's ever been a Thumb War animated like it has been here. You saw it here first, folks. But Mao Mau has a dirty little secret in this episode, which is that his thumbs are being boosted by his gloves. He's kind of like his dad in this, and I... Hmm. You know, it's uh, to me, it's a little disappointing that they didn't make it more of a clear illusion, but maybe they didn't need to, but it, it they did place his dad first before this, right? Or am I chronologically
0: um, off? Small aired 17th, but I think it comes later than that because we're already... Badger Klops is first introduced to what Geraldine is able to do in a later episode, so... I can find the episode order that it's supposed to be, but I think Small was supposed to be episode 20, I think.
1: Okay, so at this point, then it's almost like the reverse situation, which is that Mau Mau already has harbored a secret, sort of like his dad, which is that his outfit gives him extended abilities. I hear, though, it doesn't go anywhere.
0: They they never elaborate on how his gloves enhance his thumbs because like they they never allude to there being any mechanism in there it's just oh i never take my gloves off because i i have cute little uh cat paws but my my gloves have a thumb on them and therefore <laughs> i can use a thumb when i'm wearing the gloves it's like cartoon logic i love
1: it i mean i assumed for some reason when i first saw the episode i just assumed that the gloves either were like just had stiff fingers or they had some sort of like stiff object in them, but then, yeah, you're right, I realized watching this a second time that I think it was just supposed to be kind of a joke. Like, yep, when I wear gloves, I have full hands, and when I don't, I don't, because like, you see his stubby paws, there's no way those control the gloves at all, but, yeah. You know. He also has pockets when he wears his, (laughs) uh, when he wears his cape, somehow. He has that belt. Right, the belt has pockets.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, have you ever played Castle of the Winds, old school, uh, kind of a roguelike thing? The the belts do specifically come with inventory slots.
1: (laughs) I mean, I guess there's external inventory slots that, you know, I've seen on belts before. Even Mm. Link, I think in Ocarina of Time, puts things on like that.
0: That might be what it's meant to represent, but... Yeah. Eh, whatever. Let's not overanalyze the the character's outfit too much. We'll save that (laughs) for a later episode.
1: Yes. Um uh, also on sort of cartoon logic note, I liked the way that the announcer had to go slow-mo by direct order of the king. And that yes. gave Melmow his moment to Yeah, that it gave Mammau time for a realization and to hear the whole, you know, spiral of Adorabat happen. So that was like funny because, you know, normally when you have that I, I think there's a word for that in cinema. But you um, have that like slowed down time to think, you know, it doesn't really make sense how he would otherwise be able to experience also listen to Adorabat's side conversation. But other shows would just not make an excuse for it. It would just somehow the thumb war would be happening slowly and he would see like a moment with Adorabat happen. But instead they like directly excuse it, which I like.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because we have the whole ha-ha-lol the gloves bit, and yet they give a reason for the slow count, whereas you would expect in a show as irreverent as Mau Mau for, you know, Mau Mau to just be observing all that and then be like, wait a minute, this has been like 20 seconds. How have I had time to
1: looks up at the cleric and he's like doing the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly what the philosophy is that they use whether to, you know, use you know, made up logic or, you know, try to put in reasons in the writing for why certain things happen. And I think part of the fun part is that there isn't a hard and fast rule. And maybe the rule is more like whatever is funnier, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't think that there's like, on a whiteboard, like, we always mock tropes, or, you know, we always double subvert or anything. I, I think what they have written on their whiteboard is, Mao Mau is a funny show. And then they think, What'll be funny here? Yeah. They've been doing pretty well at it so far, I think. Oh, that ending still gets me. You're all under arrest.
1: Which, uh, you know, in uh you know the follow-up episode, no one is arrested, so I guess some time has passed if we're looking at the deep <laughs> the deep lore here.
0: Yeah, the, the deepest of Mau, Mau lore, of course. The Mauma lore. I'm sure
1: that it's actually called that. Yeah. <laughs> if there is such a thing.
0: I mean, we have Koala lore, now we have Maumolor, Thank you, Ronaldo, for Koala lore.
1: Yeah, that just made me think of, there's already been so many crossovers in the other Cartoon Network shows happening. You know, Koala Princess would totally fit in Maumau's world. Ooh.
0: Yeah, they weren't able to get a Koala Princess episode of OKKO. They have a chance to get Koala Princess into Maumau Mau if they really want to. Oh, that would be great. I-, I want them to do that now.
1: Wait, I thought there was a Koala Princess episode.
0: I mean, she's in it, but they haven't done any episodes focusing
1: on it. Oh, an exclusive one, yeah. Yeah, no, she would totally fit in with the Sweetie Pies. Although, I guess Koala Princess is more anthropomorphic? Like, isn't she more human than Koala? Hmm. I
0: don't know. They could figure something out. She's from out of town, or she's from another (laughs) continent. Whatever. I mean, it's, it's Mau Mau.
1: Yeah, it makes me wonder. Oh, just even saying the word human. I'm like, anytime there's a show with animals in it, in a magical animal kingdom... I feel like Adventure Time has primed me to go. But is does the world also include humans in it? <laughs> Where would all that technology come from? <laughs> Deepest Mau Mau lore. Mau Mau lore.
0: Ten out of ten. Perfect. I mean, Mau Mau does some pretty intense meditation. I, I did like the like him meditating upside down. I don't know. Don't know what that bird decided it was going to do in his mouth though. I don't think he enjoyed the ride.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those little moments in Mau Mau, like the way that also when a got really excited about oh the massaging the tournament yes. and just started accidentally massaging badger Klops. and then as she was dancing and like just pounding her wings on his back he just you know suggested her to move around a little lower all those little like they move so fast with those jokes and then they did a
0: beautiful like reveal uh wait where'd Badgerclops go <laughs> <laughs> she is now massaging a pillow because badger Klops heard half-off unlimited breadsticks, and he was out the door.
1: Which, I, I gotta be honest, you know, Badgerclops had the right idea all along. I'm really craving breadsticks right now. Um, I think it's the quarantine. I haven't, you know, no no real restaurant food in a long time, and now some Olive Garden breadsticks. You know, I haven't watched the Sonic movie yet, but I, I assume that plus this episode would really make me hanker for some uh, free unlimited breadsticks at Olive Garden.
0: Well, you're gonna have to win two thumb Wars then, if you want free breadsticks. <laughs>
1: Or do you only get half off the cost of the half-off breadsticks? In which case, we Mm. have a recursive problem. Hmm.
0: Yeah, the mathematics wouldn't be favorable in that circumstance.
1: (laughs) I will say this. I didn't notice in previous episodes, but there were a lot of musical motifs this time around where I heard variations on the theme song. Maybe it's because I'm wearing better headphones listening this time instead of watching it on a TV. But I like the work that uh, Mint Potion is doing here where they like Bat when she's sort of applying the ice pack on her on her thumb and is sort of thinking there's the like, there's this sweet Adora Batty themed version of the theme song playing that's sort of like slowed down and is specially saccharine sounding. And, you know, at first I thought, oh, that's nice that they, you know, mix that theme in because that's what Bat is singing, right? But later they use it for the victorious music at the end, too. And it almost sounds like as epic as if it was like a season finale finishing song or maybe the song you would use in the credits if it wasn't for the funny dinky version of the theme song that they do in the credits. So I did notice the music this round too. I guess I'll be on the lookout now to see if they mostly just play on the theme or if there's some other themes related to characters that I've been missing.
0: Anyway, guys, that's been us on Thumb War. Join us next week. Until then,
1: I'm 13 and I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else. Later, everybody.
0: Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon related content, please visit lunarceasefire.com.